There, is that? Okay, good. This is a memorial service, and a memorial is remembering someone that you love. It's a little bit different, though, in the case of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because often when we remember someone we love, it's like they've died. They're no longer here. But we actually are here today to remember someone who died but came back to life. Someone who conquered death and someone who gives us life. And we are called to remember Him who first loved us. And we're going to do something uh, this morning. We're going to look in Exodus chapter 12, the first 14 verses, and, and five, five points to uh, prepare our hearts. Because we are going to observe the Lord's Supper today. Jesus commanded us to do that, to remember Him, to remember His love toward us. And so we're going to look at uh, the original Passover which was a festival that God called forth as He was about to set His people free from bondage from the Egyptians. And of course, our Lord has set us free from bondage as well. So turn with me to Exodus chapter 12, and I ask you to stand in God's honor as I read those first 14 verses of Exodus 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be your old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the fourteenth day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roast it over the fire, head, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you're to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord a lasting ordinance. Let's pray. Lord, here we are, God. We want to remember you, Lord, because we don't know who we really are till we see who you are. And I pray this morning, Father, that we would continue to move your direction, Lord.
their hearts would be fixed upon you, the one who loved us so much that you went to Calvary. And Father, I, I pray you take my weak attempt, Lord, my weak words, and Father, may your power be there, Lord. We just want to hear from you. Father, stir us, remind us. Father, may we see you. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, the first thing I noticed as I looked at Exodus 12 here, he sp the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, the leadership, and, and he talks about this month is to be for you the first month. He, he, in other words, this is going to be a new beginning for you. And, and, and I want you to understand that there is a new life ahead of you and that you need to understand that there is hope. You need to understand that God is there. He knows your plight. He knows where you are and He loves you. And, and this is a new start. And, and you know, that's always excited me as I think about it. At the moment that you understand the good news of Jesus Christ, that God loves you, that He died for you, that He offers you new life, that when you bow before Him, He will raise you up to be with Him forever. And, and, and there's that new life, there's that new hope, there's that new start, and we're all such mess-ups that we need a new start. We, we need what's new. And, and so there's opportunity here, and, and it reminds me of that, that new start. But you also notice here, as you go down the verse, he said, I want you to go down to the... T 10th day of that month for this observance. In other words, there was a time of preparation. There was a time to think about it. There was a time to examine your heart. To examine where you are, where you need to be, to be honest before God and say, okay, God, you know, if, if you don't come through for me, I'm sunk and and." and it, it, there were those days that were set aside. I believe that's why I said wait till that tenth day because their hearts needed to be ready. And we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper together in a few minutes. But as we look at this text of Scripture, I just want you to do that, to look at these points and, and let's examine ourselves as we partake of the Lord's Supper together because he talks about in Corinthians, you know, it's not something to be taken lightly that, that we need to examine ourselves. So first... Uh, point here as we look at these is they were to kill the lamb they were to slaughter the lamb in verse 6 it says you must slaughter them at twilight it, it was about the death of a lamb and why was that it was because of sin it was because of people who had, had turned away from God. They, they had gone the opposite direction of God. They had missed God. And, and, and that, had to be, that had to be straightened out. You see, sin, sin is deadly. There are two words that have been through my mind a lot over the past couple of months as Sam and I have prayed together. And it's these two words. Sin separates. Why is sin so bad, guys? Because sin separates. How does sin separate? Sin separates us from one another in our relationships. Our relationships get all messed up and, and we're mad at each other and sometimes we don't speak to each other or see each other. And, and why does all that happen? It's sin. It's sin. Not only does sin mess us up in our relationships, sin often messes up, us up in our health. 
as we make decisions that, that are not good for us health-wise, and, and then before you know it, we begin to break down. And, and sin also in our opportunities. God wants us to experience His blessings. God wants us to, to, man, to be blessed. But so often, sin creeps in, and we miss His blessing. We miss His best. And ultimately, sin separates us from God for eternity. Hey, if the sin issue is not dealt with, we are separated from Him for all of time. And and the Bible says it's really bad news because to be separated from Him is to suffer. It talks about torment. And and, and so sin separates. And it's ugly. And and it's, it's horrible. It's a nightmare. And that's why, because it's such a calamity, that's why the cure is so ugly. As a matter of fact, the cure was they were to come and they were to bring a lamb for each family. And then they take this lamb and the lamb had to be slaughtered. Now, I don't know how many exactly, I try to read different stuff, how many would come through Jerusalem at the time of Jesus as they would observe the Passover. All that I really got didn't come up with an exact number, but it said it was so full people would worry about where they would stay because there wasn't room. There there, there wasn't room and, and said it was a big, a huge miracle just that people would find a place to stay so that they could observe the Passover. They said that no more than ten people could share a lamb. So I don't know how many lambs were slaughtered at Passover. But I do know it was many, many. And it had to be a a terrifying time. The smell of of death. And and I won't go into all that because it is, you know, it's it's just gory and it's just grotesque as you you think about that side as all those lambs were being slaughtered, as all those lambs were being sacrificed. And why were they being sacrificed? Because God said, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Now, as we come to this, part, the first point that's so important in remembering Jesus died for us. Guys, he was murdered. He was slain. He was slaughtered at Calvary. And, and, and that matters. Um, I, I read about a guy, an evangelist, that, that went into town. He was speaking in the town. He got done with a message. He was packing up his sound equipment. And this guy came up to him and he said, And I am really under conviction. What do I have to do to get saved? And the evangelist kind of mumbled to him and he said, It's too late. And the guy said, too late? He said, it can't be too late. What do I have to do to get saved? He said, it's too late. He said, listen, man, I'm desperate. Don't tell me it's too late. Don't don't say that. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. You asked me what you could do to be saved. It's too late. It's already been done. Jesus already died at Calvary. Jesus already paid the price. And, And as we come, guys to experience the table together, we do it not on anything that we have done or anything that we will do. We do it fully on the basis of what He has done at Calvary. So we got to, we got to start there. Uh, secondly, they were to apply the blood to the doorposts. You see, the death angel was going to pass over, and, and the way that the death angel would recognize these are the people who believe, these are the people who trust me, is they would see the, lam- the lamb's blood on the doorpost and it would be a sign to them hey these are God's people they belong to me the sign of belonging to God happens when the blood of Jesus Christ is on the doorpost of the heart it 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 you don't 
you're not part of the family from a distance. You have to be adopted. You have to enter in. And that comes by faith in Jesus Christ, by receiving the free gift of eternal life, by being adopted freely into His family. That, you know, that's how it happens. That, you know, there are no grandchildren in heaven, just children. You come and you become a child and, and you enter in. And His love is so fantastic. Um, you know, as I, as I was studying for this, I want to read to you an account another preacher had shared uh, talking about a relative of his who was pursued in love. And I thought, I love that old uh, you know, poem that talks about God being the hound of heaven. He just chases us down because he loves us so much. But uh, I'm just going to read this. He says, uh, in 1975, my Aunt Marcia McCarthy divorced Ralph McCarthy. Marcia left Southern California and followed her parents to Joplin, Missouri. She was employed as a secretary at College Heights Christian Church and raised three children on her own. The stress was overwhelming at times. Marcia was in and out of the hospital regularly for stress-related problems. But Ralph kept calling. Marcia wasn't interested. He continued to call for 29 years. In the summer of 1999, Ralph flew out to see Marcia face-to-face to close the deal. Would you believe that when Ralph proposed to Marcia, she said yes? October 9, 1999, Ralph and Marcia Lynn McCarthy were remarried. Ralph just kept calling. He, uh, he goes on, he says, Ralph just retired from his law practice in Carmel, California. He built a retirement home in Palm Springs with a guest house and pool. The guest house is larger than Marsha's home <laughs> in Joplin. He said, Ralph, he just kept calling. And that's God. Man, He loves you. He died for you, and He just keeps calling. He just says, hey, don't, don't miss me because I love you. I don't want to miss you. <laughs> and that's what we're remembering. Third, they were to stay in the house. They were to stay in the house. Notice verse 22. talks about uh, taking some hyssop and with the blood and, and how to apply the blood on the door frame. But the last phrase, he says, Not one of you shall go out the door of his house until morning. The point is, they were to stay in the house that night. Obviously, we must stay in Christ. Stay in faith in Christ. But what is one sure fire evidence of that faith being real and true and genuine is staying with the people of God. It's staying in His house. Guys, it's, it's being together. It's being connected. You know, th this idea of, you, you know, I love the Lord, but not church, is not scriptural. When God calls you to Himself, He calls you to His other kids. That's why we're together. That's why we meet, to draw strength from each other. And, and, and that's critical. And as we remember in the Lord's Supper, we also remember that also He freed us individual. He freed us so that we can jointly love Him and serve Him together. I, someone has written it. I, th I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, someone had asked, can I be a Christian without you know, being a part of a church? He says, it's possible, but it's something like a student who will not go to school, a soldier who will not join the army, a citizen who does not pay taxes or vote, a salesman with no customers, an explorer with no base camp, a seaman in a ship without a crew, a businessman on a deserted island, an author without readers, a football player without a team, a politician who is a hermit, a scientist who does not share his findings, or a bee without a hive. 
I mean, as a good friend of mine used to always say, I don't have to go to church, but I have to go to church. What does that mean? It means once God gets hold of my heart, He gives me a, a, a desire, a love for Him that needs to be shared with others that love Him. All right, uh, next one here. If the lamb was uh, too much for one house, or, or no, let me get this one. It says they were to partake of the lamb. Um, in the scripture here, it says that uh, in, in verse 8, they were to eat the meat roasted over the fire. It wasn't enough just to sacrifice the lamb. They were to prepare the sacrifice, and then they were to partake of it together. They were to consume the sacrifice. God doesn't call us to a one-time event to bow our hearts to Him and trust Him and then never speak to Him again. He calls us to have a longing for Him, a hunger for Him. Like I shared last week in the Beatitudes, He said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. There, there's a hunger for Him that He gives, a thirst for Him that, 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 that He provides. Uh, just a couple of verses, uh, first couple of verses of Psalm 42, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Psalm 107 verse 9 says, For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. And here's the words of Jesus from John 6.35. He says, Then Jesus declared, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And it's interesting here, as you read this, it says they didn't waste anything. Either they ate it or they burned it up, but it was all to be used. And God doesn't waste anything in our lives. He has a plan, and He wants us to follow Him. And we may not clearly understand it, but as we pursue Him and as we love Him, he, he's, he's doing something, guys. He's, he's doing something. He's at work. One last one here. If the lamb was too much for one house to consume, they were to call their neighbor into the house, and they were to share the lamb with their neighbor, uh, as he talks about there in, in verse 4. Um, each family was to have a lamb, but sometimes there was more than was needed, but there were others out there who wanted to worship, who wanted to partake of the sacrifice, and they didn't have any. And, and you know, it, it says to me, the God who spoke to you and who spoke to me the God who pursued us, that holy hound of heaven, I'm not the only one He loves. And, and neither are you. And we're called to share what He's given. If He's blessed you, look around. See someone who hasn't experienced that yet. And, and ask God, God, how can I show them you? You have blessed me. You have worked in me, God. You, you have given yourself... And, and Lord, this person needs you too. I, I you know, it might, you know, you bless me more than I deserve, Lord. So may I just give. And see, that's that's the picture here as we as we partake. Um, look at look around and, and ask, Lord, uh, where do you want me to share? One last thought here uh, in the King James version, uh, verses three, four, and five. It's kind of interesting, uh, just the way it's worded. He starts out in, in the description 
of uh, this observance, he said, it's a lamb. He speaks about the fact you need to find a sacrifice, a lamb. But, but then in verse 4, he says, it's the lamb. He's speaking about a particular sacrifice. And, and as we come, there's only one sacrifice that matters. And that's who we're commemorating, Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. And then in verse 5, it says, Your Lamb. When you're looking for a Lamb, you need to be able to see the Lamb. And He must become your Lamb. Now, as we come together, just I, I'm just asking you to prepare your heart. It, it says in the Bible, it says, don't take this lightly. Examine yourself. First of all, make sure you're in the faith because this is not for those who are not part of the family. And, and, and so I'm just asking you to deal with that. Maybe there's someone here and for whatever reason, you've just never said yes to Christ. Well, this is not something to do until you do that, until you say yes to Christ. Secondly, maybe there's some relationships that are not right. He says, get that nailed down too. Don't just take the Lord's Supper without being serious about something in your life that God wants to be taken care of. Now, um, you don't have to wait for any special time to do that. You can do that right now at this moment. And I'm asking you right before we take the Lord's Supper, if you're willing to do that and say, God, forgive me, God. God, I want that to be right. Then, God, enter my life if, if you haven't ever trusted Him. At that moment, please share then. And after we partake of the Lord's Supper together, we're going to have a, a, a short time of, of response to be able to come up and if God has spoken to you, He's dealing with you about something, maybe you need to share it with us. If you've received Christ, for, if you've asked Him in your heart, then uh, you surely want us to know about it. And so come tell us. If there's something else that needs to be made public, I ask you to come. It's not a time to condemn anybody. It's just the way God works. He wants us to be clean. And so... Uh, ask you to keep that in mind as I ask the deacons to come up and we share the Lord's Supper together.